Before we get started, After the Monuments is proud to receive support from VCU Massey Cancer Center. Massey Cancer Center wants you to imagine a future without cancer. All it takes is one, a revolutionary idea, a promising clinical trial, or a new breakthrough. See how Massey is developing new approaches to prevent and treat cancer for every person in every community. Learn more about this future for everyone at MasseyCancerCenter.org. Before we get started, After the Monuments is proud to thank Team Henry Enterprises for their support of our show. Team Henry Enterprises is a black-owned contracting firm specializing in office, retail, medical, multifamily, and higher education construction of all scopes and sizes. In the wake of the George Floyd protest, Team Henry is the very firm contracted by the city of Richmond to take down the Confederate monuments in Richmond and by many other municipalities to remove other Confederate monuments around Virginia and throughout the Southeast. Learn more about Team Henry and how they can help your community rebuild, renovate, or design at TeamHenryENT.com. I'm Kelly Lemon. And I'm Michael Paul Williams. And welcome to the After the Monuments podcast, where we look at events and news about race in a historical context and see how, too often, history repeats itself. Welcome to another episode of After the Monuments, a real talk about race. Kelly Lemon, Michael Paul Williams. Um, This time we are getting into breaking news because one of the things that... um, is a joy about this podcast is that we are right here in Richmond Times Dispatch. So not only do we know what's going on right here in Central Virginia um, and in the state, but we also kind of get a glimpse of what's going on in the nation. And we can always tie it back to something that we're discussing right here on this podcast. And as I've said before, um, a lot of times Michael Paul is writing about this in his columns. You can find those columns over at um, Richmond.com and also in the printed um, Richmond Times Dispatch. We've had some things go down recently um, in our area. And so to kind of fill people in, right around July 4th, um, there was an incident that we were told was prevented, a tragic incident that was prevented because um, the Richmond police had got a tip about a possible terrorist attack yeah. on a, a, a mass would-be mass shooting on a facility that was going to be very much populated with people that were going to watch the fireworks. Um, for those that are not from the Central Virginia area, it's called Dogwood Dell, um, and it is by um, a very well-known park, and just there's a lot of activity that goes out goes on around there. Michael Paul, tell us about <laughs> the incident. Yeah, and this was on the heels of the Highland Park mass shooting at the 4th of July parade, Highland Park, Illinois. And um, we get this breaking news that um, that sort of mass shooting had been averted at our own 4th of July celebration at Dogwood Dell, which is an amphitheater um, um, near the river, where typically 4th of July celebration is in fireworks and whatnot are held, um, heavily populated. And um, the the story, the original event, that a hero citizen had 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 had, had tipped police off, um, leading to the arrest of two men, um, um, non citizens. Um, uh, we had averted this, you know, the police, you know, had averted this great tragedy, probably along the scale of of Highland Park. Um, the mayor got in front of the, behind the mic, and and the police chief was there, and and some other elected officials, and 
And the narrative did not hold up under scrutiny very, very early. And um, <laughs> uh, the first thing that jumped out was there, there was no apparent evidence that the venue they cited, Dogwood Dell, was at risk. And, you know, we later learned, well, the police weren't told and, and you know, it all, everyone just was almost immediately skeptical. And the skepticism turned out to be justified. And, and, and um, we had folks in court the other day, and, and then the judge said, um, my kids were there, my, my sons were there at Dogwood Dell that yeah. day. So I will need to recuse myself um, if this was indeed a possible attack on Dogwood Dell. Do you have the evidence? Yeah. And the prosecutor's like, no. <laughs> It was bad. It was yeah, it, it, bad. I mean, the no's were, I mean, he was He was like, no, I need you to restate that. Yeah. So you're saying, no, you have no, I need you to say there is no evidence. Yeah. And it was hard to watch. Yeah. It was hard to watch. Um, and our chief of police is, is staying strong, is standing strong to well, what he said. Well, he was doubling down, and now I've, I've read in Axios, maybe yesterday, a couple of days ago, that he's now shutting down the conversation on it. I'm not taking any more um, um, questions about it. Which, uh, why? No, you don't get to do that. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, going to be questions. Yeah. And it, it, it brought to mind, um, the, to me, the aftermath of the tear gassing. Um, in 2020, on June 1st, 2020, during the, the George Floyd protests, mm -hmm. um, where peaceful protesters were gassed at the Robert E. Lee statue. Yeah. And um, how um, Mayor LeVar Stoney in the New York Times um, stated that it was unintentional and created this own self-serving narrative around that. And, you know, fast forward a couple of years and we had, you know, you know, our Richmond officials doing national TV stuff, national publicity surrounding this event. Yeah. That, you know, like the tear gas and the official narrative did not hold up. And, you know, we're trying to, you talk about building trust. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're, the defund the police movement is not dead. People are still saying defund the police. And, um, you know, we've had a spike in, in some crime and... and, and 28%. Yeah. Yeah. And people are um, still not happy with law enforcement, and this is totally unhelpful. Yeah. Um, you know, you want, you want us to trust the police? You need to stop lying, mm -hmm. <laughs> basically. The two men that were attained, did we figure out what they did, though? Uh, Do we know? I... You know, like, how I did mean, we get these I two mean, guys? One, one of the charges got reduced. Um, it, it, it's, I'm not going to even engage in conjecture about, you know, but it just it is not a good look Yeah, that you, you, you pick probably the most vulnerable suspects imaginable, you know, who, you know, are probably at great risk of deportation. Yeah. And, and um, these are our... Um, fill-in-the-blank would-be criminals who, who um, are being accused of, of, of an event that people are now wondering whether it was all fictional. Yeah. They've been turned over to the FBI. And I want to talk about the FBI <laughs> right now. 
as they went into Trump's Florida yeah, home. Executed a search warrant. Did what they needed to do. But our governor had some feelings about it. No, he's rallied, rallying to the defense of President Trump. Um, let me find the tweet here. Uh, I am not good on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And but we're talking about Virginia's governor, um, Glenn Youngkin, Glenn Youngkin um, in response to um, the FBI um, doing what needed to be done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, again, I think sometimes you forget who is who, who the law is for and who the law is against. And I yeah. think we have a very, very clear um, understanding of how. Governor Yunkin feels about this this situation. Yeah, he here's a, a governor who ran um, for governor, um, projecting himself as a moderate, an amiable moderate in a red vest, um, and um, he he fooled some folks because uh, you know in this tweet he's coming off as a full blown Trumper and he's. He's, he's governed to the extreme while running for president um, uh, or seeming to run for president. Um, mm. He called his tweet says a stunning move by the DOJ and FBI, Department of Justice and FBI. The same DOJ labeled parents in Loudoun County as terrorists <laughs> and failed to enforce federal law to protect justices in their homes. Selective, politically motivated actions have no place in our democracy. Now, um, the the thing about you know the terrorist thing regarding Loudoun that's been thoroughly debunked. Mm-hmm. Um, Loudoun but, County is in the state of Virginia, yeah, so, Northern yeah, Virginia. Yeah. But um, the idea uh, they don't know the warrant. You know these politicians don't know anything, but they're 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 talking loud and saying nothing mm-hmm. and rallying in the defense of Donald Trump, um, who you know they're portraying again as as, as a victim here. Um, we watched the January 6 hearings. We know there's ample evidence that Donald Trump was engaged in a lot of stuff from um, inciting um, the insurrection, what he did before, during, and after the insurrection, and what he did during the insurrection for an inexcusable amount of time was nothing. Here, you know, there's, there's talk that he took presidential documents that aren't supposed to be uh, removed um, to Mar-a-Lago, his home in Florida. So, I mean, they're, they're, there's a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke around Donald Trump, as there always, you know, has, as there's been for a while. Mm. Um, the idea that he is somehow... Away. Uh, <laughs> Just go away, yeah. man. But you're not. He's yeah. not, yeah. But the idea that he's beyond, somehow above investigation is the most absurd thing imaginable. Um, you know, to suggest that he is above the law, and um, our Attorney General Merrick Garland has, 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 has gone to great lengths to say no one is above the law, but to suggest that somehow Donald Trump is above the law is highly damaging um, to the idea of criminal justice, just as all the, all the nonsensical talk of a stolen election is highly damaging to, the Demo- faith, to confidence in the democratic process. Um, you know, we have... You know how many black and brown people and poor people populate our prisons. 
Um, when these politicians tweet like this and, 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 and go on TV and, and, and spout this, these, these defenses, sight unseen of any supporting information that Donald Trump is somehow a victim or innocent, um, it not only erodes confidence in the law enforcement that they profess to support, but I'm not seeing a whole lot of evidence of it from January 6th and stuff like this. It's very, that's what's selective. Um, and it suggests that the FBI should only be investigating, say, civil rights activists like Martin Luther King or um, basketball players like Bill Russell, um, that, that, that law enforcement should, should train its attention on other people, mm -hmm. on the other, and, and, and not our guy Donald Trump and, and not the wealthy. And, um, you know, that's, that's how it's played out. Yeah. So we don't need the politicians reinforcing that idea. I'm so glad you brought up Bill Russell. May he rest in peace. Um, I think that everyone knew him as a great athlete. Mm -hmm. um, however, I don't know if my generation more so knew about all of the things that he fought for. Oh. Um, as we are in the birth at we are at the birthplace of Arthur Ashe, mm -hmm. um, another great athlete who mm -hmm. was a civil rights activist and mm -hmm. activist for the many different things. Um, let's let's talk about their those relationships as as athletes in those types of environments and activism and how they have been mistreated. And as we are looking at a WNBA star. That is being basically punished for the beef between Russia and the United States. Mm -hmm. And we saw another woman, white woman, that had way more drugs be detained in Russia. And she got released um, free and clear. How do we? We have not yet talked about the relationship of sport and how the monuments and after the monuments and race plays into sports. But this is a great opportunity for yeah. us to just to kind of discuss it. Well, I'm of an age in my youth, um, athletics and social activism were of a piece. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends who grew up in the Michael Jordan era. Mm -hmm. and, no, it wasn't like that. Bill Russell, um, Lou Alcindor, now Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah. and of course Muhammad yeah. Ali, yeah. personal heroes. Yeah. Um, because of the very political stances they took. Um, um, Lou Alcindor and Bill Russell famously were among the athletes, along with Jim Brown, mm -hmm. the football player uh, Jim yeah. Brown, who um, met with Muhammad Ali in Cleveland, Ohio, when Muhammad Ali was saying, hey, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not submitting to this draft, mm -hmm. not going to Vietnam, mm -hmm. um, conscientious objector. And um, they grilled him. It wasn't like, we're, you know, you come here and we will unequivocally have your back. You know, no, they like, they got him in a, in a room and they had some hard questions. These are some big, strong, hard athletes, all black men mm -hmm. and, and they had some hard questions for him, and he satisfied them. Yeah. And they're like, "Okay, we got you back." Yeah. And they went out and had a presser, and, and announced, "We, you know, we support his stance." Um, that's how it was then. And this was um, 
1967. Mm -hmm. um, the following year, at the um, Mexico City, the Summer Olympics in Mexico City, of course, we had um, um, the protest um, for black rights. Um, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, uh, the black glove, mm -hmm. fist. Um, some track, early, some track athletes. Track athletes, mm -hmm. yep. Very fast track athletes. Mm -hmm. They were t summarily tossed out of the Olympics. Okay. There was no Did their medals get stripped? Um, I don't think their medals got stripped. Um, not sure, but I don't. That, that's okay. not what I recall. Okay. Um, um, famously joined by an Australian who saw what was going on. You know, saw them preparing for their protest on the medal stand, and Peter Norman, and he's like, um, "What y'all doing? Mm -hmm. Okay, give me one of those buttons." Mm -hmm. And he was ostracized. <laughs> In Australia for doing that. So, you know, I guess human rights ain't popular. Mm. But, um, <laughs> you know, this was, I mean, they were all the, the athletics, athletics and, and, and activism were, were tied together. And then we had a different kind of era where the money got big, the money got real large, and Nike came on the scene, and Michael Jordan says Republicans um, buy sneakers too. And that's where we were for decades. And, um, we are now seeing a reemergence re of activism. Okay, I was about to ask you that. Athletes. Did you feel like we are? Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you going to name are. any? Hmm? Can you name some cuz I'm I'm trying to figure out well, who I feel like has has replaced uh, them. Um I mean, I'm thinking of LeBron okay. James yeah. calling Trump a bum in a yeah. tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After um Trump was making noise at Steph Curry about saying I'm not going to the, I don't want to go to the White House. Yeah. Um you know, we had um, the Trayvon Martin shooting and, and, and LeBron and other basketball players um, staging protests, um, wearing T-shirts. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, the most obvious example is Colin Kaepernick. Cap that the, just, just came yeah, into my head. Yeah. With, with the, with, you know, kneeling to protest mm -hmm. police brutality, mm -hmm. silently kneeling doing the national anthem and effectively being blackballed out of professional football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now we have the Brittany Griner situation. Um, initially, I think the athletes, from what I've read, were told to keep it, keep it low because if we make a lot of noise, it won't be helpful in getting her out. And I, I, they've reached a point now where they're like, oh, this, this is not working. Mm -mm. Um, she's facing some hard time in Russia. Um, and... People are, 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 the athletes in particular in, the, in WNBA are in their feelings about it, as, as they should be, as we all should be. And, and, and they, it's in the context of what I read the other night where they, some of them on one team, I can't recall which team, spent the night in an airport because they don't have charter flights. Yep. Like, unlike the NBA, yeah. most big-time sports. I mean, she they, went in our off-season to go play for them to make money. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, because, <laughs> because their salaries are so relatively paltry that they have to make extra money. supplement their income by playing abroad. Yeah, um, Many of them in Russia, where it's very lucrative to play, and they can make millions of dollars. And, and here, um, this, the salaries in the WNBA top off at maybe two or three hundred thousand. Mm. So, yeah, the, the e there's a level of economic injustice here. Um, in a league that is predominantly uh, black, um, where they're flying commercial, which 
is highly precarious these days. Their flights are being canceled right and left, yeah. record rate. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, one one team said, okay, we got the money. We're going to charter our flight. And they were, I think they were punished by the league. The league said, well, this is creating an, an unequal playing field for you all to charter our flight. So, it, it, you know, again, women being treated as second-class citizens in sports. Um, uh, and Brittany Griner um, in a situation no American citizen should be in. Um, shouldn't have had to go to Russia in the first place to play. Yeah. Um, mm. And it, it's all gone south. And on that note, that is, that is where we are going to wrap this episode of After the Monuments, a real talk about race. But again, breaking news happens all the time. And I'm glad that you are writing about it in your columns. You can find Michael Paul Williams' columns at richmond.com and also in the printed edition of Richmond Times-Dispatch. And um, as we are moving, you know, ahead, getting ready for fall, we are almost positive that we are going to be back at this table with three more little topics that relate to something that we've already discussed. So make sure that y'all keep it locked right here for another episode. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you. After the Monuments is a Virginia Video Network production and produced by Matt Pacilli, Michael Paul Williams, and me, Kelly Lemon. Technical direction and editing from Bill Barksdale. Executive production from Paul Farrell, Diane Salvatore, and Paige Mudd. Will Royer provides studio support. Our artwork is by Krishna Mathis. I'm Kelly Lemon, and we'll see you next week on After the Monuments. Huge thanks to Massey Cancer Center for being our After the Monuments sponsor.